what's wrong with this thing? I think it's busted. Busted. Good day, ladies, gentlemen, those beyond the binary, poets, perverts, explorers of all kinds, dreamers and schemers, true believers, busy beavers, awkward lemurs. Welcome to Busted Mouth on Q4 Radio, streaming around the world, around the globe, around the planet at Q4.org, Q-U-E-4.org. Sure shots. And of course, 1680 AM in the city of Shy, every Monday from 12 PM to 2 PM. I'm J.W. Basillo, as I am every single week. Friends, Romans, countrymen, happy one year anniversary to the good ship busted mouth wow, 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 wow. this uh i didn't even realize it until today this really is the we we started doing the show april uh 16th of last year today's april 15th of uh 2018 19 we started in 18 it's 19 oh boy okay yeah we did it though we did it and on tax day it's terrific. Uh, did anyone else notice that their refund was maybe a little smaller than usual? I'm I'm sure the rich guys uh, feel the exact same way. I'm so glad we put a millionaire businessman with no functional economic intelligence in charge of these. All right. Okay. I'm not getting political. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, why get so sad on uh, on an auspicious day that I'm treating just like any other uh, singer, songwriter, actor, General badass rock star Bethany Thomas is in the building today. Uh, check her out in the one o'clock hour. We'll talk in a little bit. We got some things going on. Let's get it going. Let's uh, let's do a bit of this one. When I set my eyes on you, gonna keep you out of town tonight. When I set my eyes on you Not gonna be out of my sight Now you know Everywhere on earth you go You're gonna have me as your man I'm losing my mind I mean I get that it's weird but whatever Hey, let's talk about the weather, because that's totally interesting. Anyway, how are you? How's it going? Uh, you feeling good? You, you doing okay? It's a, it's a Monday. My, uh, I, I'm doing all right. I know you're not asking, but if you are, I'm doing all right. Those of you playing along at home, I, um, uh, the 90-90 challenge is still going on. I am behind, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in the hunt, but I am behind. I'm definitely behind. Yesterday was a day where I was like, man, I can't do nothing. Uh, it's snowing outside, and I'm salty. I'm in the hunt. I'm doing the thing. Uh, I'm down a little weight. I'm definitely uh, starting to see some results, which is cool. Uh, not great results, but like, oh, I'm noticing that there are changes. That's terrific. Um, also, I've been on the uh, been hooking up this mental health pill game for a bit now. Uh, I am certainly um, doing it. I'm two weeks in. I'm going back to see my uh, see the doctor practitioner today uh, to discuss the results. And it, it is a little different. I I do feel I feel better overall. Like the last two weeks have been a lot easier than uh, the last a lot of the last year has been. But um, was, uh, it was quite a day yesterday. It snowed in Chicago after being uh, like 60 the two days before. And, uh, of course, after, because it's warm today. Let's talk about the weather all day. Uh, Tiger Woods won uh, won the Masters, making you question which year we're in. I was like, what? Tiger Woods? Is- I thought he was irrelevant. Oh, he's winning stuff? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it. I'm not going to watch because it's golf, but I'll, I'll at least check to see if it's true. And, of course, all you out there, Game of Thrones 
is back for its final season. Um, all the people were making jokes about the snow yesterday being that winter had come. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm losing it. I have, to, I have to admit, I don't get Game of Thrones. I do not understand the appeal. If you're into it, cool. Enjoy it. I'm not trying to spoil your good time or yuck your yum or curdle your milk, but I, I can't be the only person alive who thinks there are dragons. There are dragons in this. I'm hard pass. I'm out. I cannot be the only one who fell asleep the one time they tried watching it. It makes sense that I would like the show. I'm all for backstabbing and backsliding and gratuitous nudity and general, you know, naughty fun and blood and whatnot. But as soon as I hear that someone refer to someone else as uh, as my lord, I'm out like my lord. I'm gone. Full stop. Gather ye your swords for the spells of night shall gather these the plains and blood shall spill and i'm asleep i just can't do it i'm the worst who knows maybe i'll maybe i'll come around 20 years after the fact like i did with uh, star wars yeah i just saw star wars like two years ago for the first time yeah that's right bathe me in your hatred uh i like star wars fine now i've enjoyed watching the films as much as the next you know casual human person does but but if you want to discuss the intricacies of the canon and all that whatnot that's that's my stop i hear my mom calling me i fully grasp that 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 sometimes a show hits the world and everyone is watching it and i'm not new to this phenomenon of course but how really like theoretically not even the how did it become game of thrones like what strange rip in the continuum made that possible just dragons and nipples and swords and murder and full frontal tallywhackers your father and i love it what I don't get <laughs> I don't I really I honestly I've tried to I'm wrapping my head around it. The more I think about it, the more it makes me laugh that this is a huge show. Um I, I don't know, maybe I'll maybe I'll take a shot once it's over. Maybe I'll I'll give myself the uh, uh what is it, the, the clockwork orange treatment and I'll hire someone from the neighborhood to put drops in my eyes and then I'll like go on TV and do interviews about how I'm cured and whatnot, but secretly I know I'm not cured and I still think that fantasy and realms and stuff is a little silly and off-putting see there i go i'm yucking your yum i'm doing it all right so when i was younger i felt this this weird sense of pride when i didn't like things that were popular when there was mainstream stuff i wasn't into it and it was like uh it's like it's like there are a lot of people like me it's it's like you think you're you're earning points for being against that mainstream whatever that happens to mean so you know in my heart i am one of those a-hole record store guys because it's easier than being a likable person. Why develop social skills when you could just be judgmental and hate everything? Really, and also those guys were mean to me, and I was like, well, they must be cool if they're mean to me. So I, I don't know, but as I get older, I get weirdly bummed when I'm the only person who doesn't like something that doesn't objectively suck. You know, if, if, if things suck, like if there's legit gripes about things, uh, I'm all about being the one who's like, you're all wrong on this one. Uh, In-N-Out Burger, great example. That place is only great if you've never eaten food outside of California or Utah and you really like undercooked fries for no reason across the board and you're not creeped out by clean-cut, smiling, onward Christian soldier types. But there are things in the world that are otherwise good. And I know that some of you are In-N-Out fans, and I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. You are wrong. Uh, objectively, as a restaurant operator, you're wrong. See, look, I'm picking fights with people for no reason. I'm yucking. I'm literally yucking the yum. Uh, I'm a contrarian by nature, I think. And, and sometimes I just, I really want to like stuff too. I want to, I want to, I want to like the beach. I want to like brunch. I want to, I want to like Christmas and cocktail parties and meeting new people. I want to go outside sometimes. I want to, I want to get a good job and, and have kids and redecorate the living room and believe in God and, and not think that earth, wind, and fire 
their song September isn't the most annoying song ever recorded, but I don't, and I can't. It's because I'm broken. <laughs> I, have, I have no conclusion to this. I do not know. I just know that sometimes things come around that everyone likes it. I'm like, why, why can't I? Why can't I? I? Are you all pretending? Are you? Are there other ones? Are there more of you out there? Maybe you're out there in the dark and you're listening now. We can unite. We can all unite and watch TV that's just better. That was a track I never expected to hear on this particular uh, show, which I kind of dig. I'm kind of feeling it. Um, that was uh, that was Kate Bush running up that hill. I didn't even know that was Kate Bush. I didn't know anything about Kate Bush. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you listen to Buster Mouth on Q4 Radio, QUE4.org, streaming around the world at Q4.org. Of course, O-R-G. Why am I spelling things? 1680 AM in Chicago, of course. J.W. Basillo, always your host. I, I forget that sometimes I'll just go in long rants and not do any station ID. But our guest is here. The person who has chosen that track, uh, my my new my newish friend, uh, also someone I've done two shows with now, which is strange, strange, <laughs> uh, including just this last uh, couple of days ago, we did the paper machete at the Green Mill, uh, where Miss Bethany uh, Thomas was indeed the headliner and absolutely crushed full rock star style. So that's pretty exciting. That's nice of you to say. It was very fun. Yeah, here, here you are that. also awesome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. I I worry that I'm not. I don't know. Whatever. My uh, dad really enjoyed you. I really enjoyed your dad. Yeah, that, he has that effect He's, when he doesn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, no, your dad, just, your dad walks in, right, just to paint the picture for everybody. Your dad walks in, and uh, he's, got, he's got this, this, this long, like, silky, like, je- just pure white hair. And he walks in, and he's just this guy. It, everyone, like, everyone looks at him when he walks in a room. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. And uh, I remember that happening when I was young and that being like, a, oh, my God, Dad, like, why can't you just what do you mean? cut your hair normally? Oh, <laughs> it used to be. Now it's like a long, straight silver, but it used to be like kind of fro. Oh, like, really? Yeah. People would make like a Don King comparison, even though mm. it was very much more well-kempt. But like, sure. Uh, so that was a source of a little bit of embarrassment growing up, but uh, now it's like I well, understand. Cool. Yeah, and I totally get it. Like I wear my your hair, hair is kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So before we go too far, why uh, why that song? Why that Kate Bush song? Uh, I've been a little bit obsessed with Kate Bush for the last year or so. Uh, I'll, I'll say that her expanded catalog for the last year. I was into her first album for a while. I like her a whole lot. I love her voice. I love how every part of the song sounds like she's making a certain sound just kind of to try something new. I love that she's a soprano and she kind of embraces it and she doesn't try to sound like anybody else. Yeah. Um, I feel like the stuff I've been writing lately, I've looked to her vocal cadences a little bit mm-hmm. um and as jumping off points sometimes yeah so that i've been listening to a lot of stuff it's usually just like the same 12 songs or something mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but uh 
I just I like the way she jumps around a lot. Well, cool. I, I I dig it. You know, I didn't. I've never, like I said, I I, I honestly had never really listened to Kate Bush at all um, because I just hadn't. I don't know. It just worked that way. So I heard, but I knew that song. I'd heard that song a, a dozen or more times, like on the radio and, and everything else. Yeah, that's definitely one of her more accessible tunes because mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff is weird. Sure. And you have to get used to her voice. And that one, she's pretty chill. But in a lot of stuff, she's kind of, I don't want to say like shrill because it's always beautiful and very well crafted and, and, and sounds very supported. Um, but I, I don't, she's just got a different sound that I really, really like. I'm, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on what exactly what it is, but I, I have a feeling that's her whole thing. Yeah. She's very theatrical in a way that I enjoy. I dig that, too, um, yeah. in people. I mean, I dig that in performers, and I think a lot of it is, I, mean, I don't know, coming from theater and doing theater stuff. Like, I dig it when someone's got that next level. There's something else happening there. Mm-hmm. There's something bigger. Um, uh, there's more of an active effort toward engaging an audience beyond just, like, I'm just going to play these songs. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. And she didn't do a lot of live performing. She really? She did one tour after her, like, maybe second album. Yeah. Watch us make a mess of this place. All right. I'm sorry. I'm trashing. We're dropping stuff. There's 15 signs that says don't put any food or drinks on the table. And yep. you're just going to knock all those down I'm going to knock instead. all those over. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but she didn't do a lot of live performing. So like all of that theatricality and that crazy feelings that, that you feel, it's all coming through her recordings, mm-hmm. which is a different thing, too. Um, I come from a, a, a live performing background. I, I've done a lot of theater and acting and things. And uh it's a different beast. So uh, I think I look to her in a way where it's like, how do I get all of that feeling just through the way I say a word? Hmm. And yeah. you don't ever have to see it or, or feel that live energy with it. How can you translate it in that way? I, yes, totally. I'm sorry. I was so like hanging on what you were doing there. Um, I don't know. So let's get to a little bit of like who you are and what you are. Who you are. Yeah, what you are. Explain it. Uh, no, but like. Um, so what are what, you? What I meant to say was, yeah, what are you? What I meant to say was who you are and like what makes you tick as an artist is kind of what I'm interested in. But I was like, who you are, what you are, you weirdo. Because um, we all are just absolute weirdos and uh, dorks pretending like we weren't at some point in our lives. Uh, absolute dorks. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just putting that on you. I'm assuming. Um, who do you think I am? I don't know. I don't know anything. What were your ideas of me? <laughs> oh, I don't know. When I heard you, when you, you mentioned off air that you were from Kenosha, I was like, oh, now I get it. Because I actually went to high school in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Have we not talked about this before? No, we haven't. Where are you from? I'm not from or... there, but I actually went to high school in uh, this awful place called Brookfield, Wisconsin. Okay, that's near Milwaukee. Right? Yeah, right, yeah. Outside of the, right outside of Milwaukee yeah. next to Waukesha. And uh, it sucked. It was weird. Because hmm. I'm not from there. Like, my people aren't from there. Was it like a prep school or something? No, no, no. I mean, it was like definitely a, a, a rich kid suburbia. You know, like everything you've ever seen in a late 90s high school movie, that was pretty much it. But I don't come from that stock. So it was very weird to just be dropped in the middle of it sure. in my mid-adolescence. Like, <laughs> I, don't, we don't, I don't know what a country club is. I've never been to one. Well, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was strange. Anyway, uh, from... Bam, boom, boom. All right, so you started out as a singer, I'm assuming, or did you start out as an actor or kind of doing both? What was the deal? I guess kind of doing, I I suppose, actor. Like, I did a lot of theater in high school and Mm -hmm, then went mm -hmm. to college, very little college, few, just very tiny college. You finish and then you bailed? (laughs) Time doing theater. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, and then just kind of started working, doing musical theater in the city. Uh, 
So I guess you could start say I started as an actor, but yeah, music has always been the thing that has brought me into it. I think. Sure. Um, I wasn't in town too long before I like started a band. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I didn't start it. I found some people on Craigslist that wanted a singer, and like it worked oh, out. But boy, we're going through a lot. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So that kind of got me into the idea of like, okay, be a front person. Yeah. And we did covers, like old blues things. It wasn't quite writing or anything yet. So that was your first band? Yeah. And your first band was when? 2003 okay. through seven. Uh, here in the city? Yeah. Okay. So I imagine we're, we're probably about the same age. So um, that makes some sense. 2003 to 2007. Took out a, you went on the Craigslist. <laughs> just looking for any sort of, like, do it. Oh, man. I looked for th- so many things on Craigslist. But that's, but I used to do the same thing. <laughs> Or you'd wait for Thursday so you can go get the reader oh and my go gosh. through the back of the reader. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did similar <laughs> things. It never got anything out of it. But uh, but you found a band. And you obviously have such big vocal chops that, like, it's it makes sense, right? It, it, it's, yeah, I guess it makes sense. It's funny. I know when I uh, first reached out to them, I was like, well, I have a lot of uh, live performance you know, experience. I do theater, and I ever that's always the thing that you don't say to mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. that do music. Right. They don't want to hear that. Because I remember the people, like, went, like, so we had, like, a theater guy come in before, and uh, he just wasn't the right fit, so, like, we weren't really thinking we'd want you, but then something else you said, like, I think I mentioned, like, some band that somebody sure. else liked, and they're like, yeah. okay, so we'll try you out. And then, of course, it was like, okay, yeah, I know how to do what you want me to do just because I was doing reports on Andrew Lloyd Webber in high school doesn't mean that I don't know about rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fair. But there are a lot of vocalists that are so stuck in a musical theater sort of timbre that they never get out of it. So I think that's what a lot of people get hung up on. Yeah. And and that's the kind of thing that I get hung up on too, which I guess kind of brings me back around to like the Kate Bush kind of thing where it's like, obviously it's not something that she was hung up on Mm -hmm. that her weird way of singing and saying things was her style. That's what set her apart. Sure. And I feel like I've got a lot of different styles and settings for my voice, and I'm trying to embrace all of that instead of trying to fit things into a certain kind of sound. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that, that someone as, um, I guess, seasoned as you uh, has those same kind of questions the same ones that I have because I'm still just like I have no idea what my voice sounds like or should sound like and you I do don't? but all right so this is not going to be about me too much but like when I was young when I was like 19ish uh I really wanted to focus on being a songwriter that's what I wanted to do and then I stumbled into doing performance poetry just like randomly I got stuck and I saw it and I was like I got stuck writing songs I couldn't write anything but I started writing these you know words that didn't really fit inside of a song and I was like oh I saw some people do this on stage mm-hmm. I have an acting background I did theater in high school let me go on stage read some poems and I went on stage I read some poems and I was like this is way more exciting than writing songs for me right now I'm okay. really turned on by this um, and then within a couple of months I was like getting paid gigs and people wow. were, you know so it was just like it, it required it required effort of course but I felt like it was so naturally where I wanted to be cool. um, that I kind of stopped playing guitar I stopped writing I stopped singing the thing was my voice was so young when I was 18 19 when I recorded my first album like my voice was so young and I came out of like classical training. So I really did the wrong affects to try to make it work. You sure. know? I, yeah, I know what um, you mean. 
And uh, also my voice was, I, I'm a baritone or a bass. I'm actually, my voice, my range is a bass, but like, so I didn't, I don't have that, that upper range that like a lot of singers do, but like you want to have it. And I hadn't learned how to use the instrument. So like now that I'm coming back to being, to making a lot more music, my instrument is different than it was before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, shit, I don't even know how to make vowels. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, we can get super inside baseball about like soft palate and things like that, <laughs> but we're not going to. <laughs> uh, but these are things that I'm like experimenting with now. Yeah. So. No, and that that's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, me, somebody who's been coming from like a, a vocalist uh, direction, you know, since the beginning, I feel like I've had a lot of years now of figuring out how to play my instrument. Sure. And I feel like I'm just kind of getting to the point now where I actually know what I want to say with it. Mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing and every artist hits that at a different point yeah. you know in their journey i think i think a lot of artists start there like i have to get this out and it might take a while to figure out exactly how they are supposed to get it out sure and uh i feel like i spent a lot of years just figuring out all the different sounds and all the different ideas and things that can live in me and now exactly i'm figuring out what they mean and how yeah. to express them with well, I, words instead of just sounds. <laughs> well, I mean, you're doing you're doing pretty well by all accounts. I mean, you're 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 booking gigs and people are way excited to see you and stuff. Like you're doing very very well. You could, I know you're being. I know I know you're very modest. No, it's funny. That. You're like you're booking gigs. And I was like, yeah, I have like a an Instagram post I got to put out uh, about three gigs coming up in the next month. I'm getting paid for none of them. I know. <laughs> I get that. When I try to explain to people, they're I, all we, free, right? But, Again, but still, I I, ugh, I know it's so hard. it's it's really hard. I was just having this conversation with somebody. They're like, "Oh, you're playing music now." I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, why were you ever doing the poetry thing?" I'm like, "It was way more. I made made way more money doing poetry than I ever did making music, which seems so ridiculous to say out loud, but it's true. Like, I made a good living, a half decent living as a poet. I'm actually just kind of like, wow. I know, right? It's weird. Um, All right. But, it, it, you know, you outgrow it or whatever it was. But that's the thing. Like, music pays so little. So, so little. Until you get to this, like, next precipice, right? And apparently, like, I don't, like, is there even really a, the precipice, like, anymore? I don't know. It feels like yeah. that tipping point to whatever we have made up in our brains that fame means. It's mm-hmm. like... That line just keeps moving. Yeah, I just think I think like to me the real indicator is is are people you don't know showing up to things yeah. to see you? Sure, sure. How many people that you don't know can you get to come see you do a thing? Yeah. So that's really I mean when I talk about the next precipice is like if you go to a city that isn't yours and there are people there mm-hmm. and they know who you are ahead of time. That's something. That's a next level jump, yeah, right? That's, yeah. So it's. It, if you can get 200 people in Des Moines to come see you, like that's a big accomplishment with the, with the with the amount of entertainment that is in the world for free in right Des Moines. Now. In Des Moines. Des Moines alone. But like Netflix alone is enough reason to not go see a rock show. Yeah, uh, yeah. For a lot of no, people. No, I make that choice all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so the point I'm making is, like, if you're booking things, like, if people are actively, like, we want to have you on our show, that means you're doing something. Uh, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it feels good every time. It does. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you, I mean, you played, did I hear you say that you played guitar for the first time in public the other day? Yeah. At the Green Mill? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, I was pretty terrified. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I... Looking, I, it felt the parts that felt good felt very good. 
there are some times where I was like, oh, I actually got the chord right on yeah, the yeah, first yeah. try, and I'm strumming, and this is, I hear the sound. I hear the sound, you guys, <laughs> of me. <laughs> I still feel that way all the time. I like honestly, this is the first time I've like plugged in like a big amp and played live. Yeah, I'm just sitting in my bedroom with like this tiny like nine volt amp. Trying not to play loud so my neighbors won't get angry. And yeah, it's like, I know okay, it. no, I'm turning it up to seven today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, so how long have you been playing guitar? Uh, like, seriously, like, I don't know, like five months or something. Oh, okay, so you're new to the game. Yeah, it's so dumb because, like, I've, I, I feel like since the day I was born, I've lived in a home full of instruments. Sure. Regardless of where I moved to or who I was with, there was always somebody with a guitar around. And I, I spent a lot of years, most of the years, almost all of the years of my life, just completely being like, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm good at singing. I'm just going to focus on that. Sure. This doesn't come to me super inherently, and I don't want to work at it. Yeah, so I get that. So I'm going to do the things that do come to me very easily yeah. and get really good at that. But, uh, yeah, I feel dumb for it's hard. Not picking it up. Yeah. That's so sure. dumb. Yeah, I never learned piano. I st- like, I have, I've had a piano in my house for 15 years, and I'm like, I had just, a piano growing up, I still too. Don't know how to play just it. nothing. Yeah. So dumb. Why? I don't know. There's so many people that, that like, aren't that cool that play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm true. always like, you did this. You sat and practiced mm-hmm. like a. Like an artist should, and yeah. uh, and I just was a jerk. About well, it. for what it's worth, you also have practiced and sung in things, and done, like it's not like you've never done anything. But of, I, I totally understand. Singing came naturally to me. Uh, I wasn't one of those kids with like a huge voice from a youth, but like I could always pitch relative pitch and things like that. Always made sense mm-hmm. even from when I was really oh, young. God bless you. Um, yeah, it just it's just what I got. Uh, not to say that I'm always on, but like I'm it, f- as a kid, I. If you can tell out. when you're off, then that's yeah. then that's that's a big yeah. deal, right? Um, were you always a singer though? Like, did you grow up? Were you one of those kids who's like, how do they sing like that? Yeah, yeah, okay, definitely listened to a whole lot of kinds of st- like all the oldies and stuff that we call yeah. classic rock. Now that's mm-hmm. kind of what I listened to growing up, and a lot, you know, all the '80s and Madonna and the Jacksons and all the, all the pop yeah. stuff, but. Um, yeah, I definitely remember being very young and like knowing the harmony lines to everything sure. or just knowing how things go, you yeah. know, how things recognizing how things were put together. And that served me well and uh I feel like there was a point I was going to make that has totally So did you drifted off now. Did your folks <laughs> did your folks discover the talent you had and then tried to cultivate it? Um well, sure. I think that they noticed that I liked to perform pretty early on and they were I did that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like little theater things around Kenosha and whatnot. And, the, and then once high school hit, it was like all theater all the time, all yeah, choirs sure, sure, all the sure. time. And uh, I think they kind of understood that that was the path. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was younger, I don't know, I went to like a little private school that wasn't really about uh, nurturing specific children's gifts or anything. Mm-hmm. It was more about just talking about Jesus. And, uh, oh. So your parents are religious? Not especially. It was just the best school? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what they were thinking um, in the neighborhood we were in, which was fine. But we lived down the street from, like, the public school, and they decided they wanted to do the private school a block away. That's fair. That's fine. All right. But, uh, so I did that till like, uh, ninth grade, and then I was like, get me out of here! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my! 
my gosh. Was there was there a strong was there like a strong pull toward um the classic American public school? Like did you think public school was gonna be like now there's all the fun and real kids? Well what it was is I started doing more community activities and theater and stuff and sure. I heard, learned about all the stuff that these other kids got to do. <laughs> that was never you never heard about it yeah. in my dinky high school in the county that I, you know, went to the first year and so I was like, No. Okay, mm-hmm. if I actually do want if I'm really interested in singing and acting and all the exciting things that, you know, 15-year-olds are excited about, I yeah. knew that I had to go to a, at least check out the things that were in my town. Sure, you know, sure. like there was opportunities that like I didn't know about. So so was it like Rumspringer? Like as soon as, you, as soon as you got to public school, you're like, I will drink everything from Red Solo Cups. I will kiss the world. <laughs> like what, what, what happened? No, no, um, no, I wasn't so crazy in that way. Not for, not for a couple of years anyway. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being coy or if you're like, I'm honestly awkward about talking about this and I'm not interested. Um, it's, it's interesting when I meet people that, that had a really young or excuse me, uh, either were really talented, really young. Or ended up in a very sheltered situation, really young, like a like a Christian school, or you know that sort of deal. Like it's always interesting what how they become as adults or how they acclimate as adults. Um, so I'm just curious. That's all. No, I um, I feel like my parents have always had a, a pretty strong trust in me to do the right thing for me. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Like I never had a curfew growing up. Wow. Yeah, it was. I could go to parties. I could. I could kind of do whatever. Like we'd take the train down to Chicago, take the metro down with friends and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had to call and say where I was going, sure. when I would be home, or if I was going to be late. And you know, when I didn't do that, then I got in trouble. But other than that, it was like I think they just kind of knew that I would be able to take care of myself in a lot of ways that other kids couldn't sometimes that's a gift right yeah I mean, that's absolutely cool. yeah so when you get out of high school and you end up going where'd you go to college i went to columbia oh here in the city yes columbia college chicago i almost went there too that's it was cool. the only school that would take me well that i ended up there because the other schools i wanted to go to did not take me <laughs> and i was like well we're uh <laughs> why are you going to school i know that i need to move out of my house yes yeah. <laughs> so. I, w- I wanted very badly to go uh, to the um, conservatory at University of Cincinnati, the CCM, really? yeah, the okay. musical theater program there. Huh. But you didn't. You ended up in no. Columbia, and then you just dropped out. You're like, the hell with it? Kind of. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like ran out of money, and then Super was expensive. like, in my three semesters there, I made a lot of cool connections mm-hmm. and made some good friends that are still friends now, and... Um, I, that school is that's kind of what that school is for i feel like mm-hmm. because a degree in musical theater doesn't do anything for you anywhere in the, in the actual field of musical theater of course not so if you go there and you feel like you did make the right connections some good connections and did learn some things then why am i going to keep paying money to do that when i actually could just be working mm-hmm. and i i was so that's how i felt about it too yeah um i I regret it sometimes. It's mainly because when a lot of people my age, our age right now, are just like, well, I'm going to grad school. Mm-hmm. Done everything else, and I still don't know what's up, so yeah. let's do this. I thought about it for a long time. I was like, holy cow, if, if that was ever my path, if that was like the desire I had, it's not grad school. 
I'm going to be a college freshman yep. again, you yep. know? Yep. No. <laughs> I did a I did a high school the other day in Antioch, Illinois. Um and uh they were like, you know, they're asking questions. I did some, you know, I did some stuff, I did some essays and I talked about, you know, what it's like having a radio show and making music and whatever else. And um <clears throat> they're like uh the first one of the questions I got was like, "Did you regret not going to high school?" Cuz in my bio it says he's doing pretty well for a guy who failed creative writing in high school, right? Uh-huh. It's a cute way to end a bio. Sure. Which is true. Uh, well, this a, guy's really dumb. It's a true statement, right? <laughs> so they're like, uh, "Do you regret not going to college?" Was like the first, was the question I got, and immediately, like right out the hip, I was like, "Yes." And I used used to say no because I used to go, "Well, if I had gone to college, I wouldn't have ended up where I am. I never would have found this thing that I'm doing." Now I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of, I should, I probably should have gone, but I, I also, I know I would have dropped out. I would have dropped out. There's no way I would have made it to the end. It's, it would have, it not, would not have happened." Yeah. So it's like, yeah, do I, do I, would I love to just have a bachelor's just to have a bachelor's? Absolutely, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, like, I, not, the bachelor's isn't going to get me any job that I actually want to exactly. have. Exactly. So. And mm. now I don't have that debt, which who knows. No doubt. I, like, uh, you know? Talk about it. Yes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm the same way. I would never discourage anybody from higher learning, but uh, higher learning doesn't mean a school. Yeah, no doubt. And I, that's kind of what I said to this like young fourteen year old in front of in an auditorium full of young people. It was like, yeah, so no, I think it's great. If you want to go, you should go. Uh, be interested. If you want to, you know, if you're even a little bit interested, it's worth going. If you have the means to go, go check it out. See what's up, right? Yeah. But uh, do that. But understand, like you're incurring a ton of debt because you're going to come out on the other side. There are going to be fewer jobs than you think there are, and then you're going to have. And I started getting into this. Like in front of 500 teenagers, I start getting into this and I just go, ah, I'm going to stop talking right now. But yeah, I do regret not going. Next question. Right. It was just like, do you understand what debt is? Because they don't explain that. No one explained that to us in high school. No one came in and went, Even when you see like what you're signing as a loan and stuff like that, it's like. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's insane. (laughs) Like what, how no one explained that to us at all. Um, Because I think our parents, when they went to college, it was cheap like relatively <laughs> relatively well, inexpensive especially if you like went to a state school oh, yeah. or your state school you yeah. know um, it was relatively like it was i think it's even adjusted for inflation it's like 400 percent more expensive now than it was then <laughs> so it's it's like yeah of course it wasn't that big a deal for you then now like people come out on the other side with with six figures worth of debt <laughs> and they get a job like in marketing making 40 grand a year and it's like well i I got me this job it's like and how long are you going to take to pay down this debt well i mean well when i buy a house okay more debt and you just up like up the creek i did not mean to go into this right (laughs) no but i I feel like that's something that people our age think about so much especially people that do not own you know property and things all the every adult thing (laughs) do you want that though like do you want the do you want the house and the kids and the all that I've never really been able to see me mm-hmm. in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that like I haven't thought about it or like I haven't felt desires for those things. But like, I think I, that's the kind of thing I think about a lot. That's as all your friends kind of drift off into that realm. Uh, the age of marriage and babies, and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. I, I, I can think back as far as I can just to like what I thought my life was going to be as an adult or my future was going to be about. And a house somewhere mm. and a family somewhere were never part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was part of it? Uh, performing 
Mm-hmm. And fame. Yeah. And um, I want out of like money is a dumb answer, I guess. Yeah. But, like, because that's not. Sure. People that care about it, like you don't really care about that more than you need to. But you want to not have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 I guess maybe I saw myself being able to take care of people that I love. Sure. Which is not quite where it is yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I totally understand that. I'm trying to explain that to people. It's tough. It's tough to explain to people like I really don't I don't want what you want. My life is different than yours and I'm okay with that. Um, if I, you know, I said, I think Whitney, my friend Whitney Chitwood and I were sitting in this very seat. Oh, talking. Yeah, you know Whitney. Yeah. We were talking about it too. And I was like, isn't it weird that we could go, if I play 200 seaters for the rest of my life and the bills are paid, I'm good. Sure. Like I'm good. Um, that's a, that's a real thing. And people just trying to explain that to people just doesn't, they don't get it. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to them. It's like people that want to be doctors. I'm like, why the hell would you want to be a, do- why, why would you do that to yourself? It's, yeah, I don't know. We're all different. If that's how you feel, like, yeah, but if, if that's mm-hmm. how you feel, you're giving your best, then... I guess. Yeah. Do you think you're giving your best? I know it's a big question. <laughs> I know. I think a lot of time I am. That's good. I think that maybe I'm not always giving my best to myself, and that's a big thing I need to work on, and then in turn, I think it makes you not give your best to the people that are close to you when that's a problem, But um, but as far as giving it to the people... Yeah, uh, I, I I feel a lot like I'm I'm doing what I know to be my best, I guess. Yeah, I'd agree with that based on what I've I've seen. So you've spent uh, you just got done doing how long was the you did was it the Milwaukee rep was it the run you did? Uh, yeah, I was in Milwaukee for five months, but I was doing two different shows at two different theaters. Really? Yeah. So I did uh, this. I was at Milwaukee Rep doing this one woman show. Well, I guess I'll start with the, the one that doesn't ahead, matter yeah. as much. I I did hairspray somewhere at the end of the year, and my that's so fun. My friend was directing it, and it was great, and we had a lovely time. Um, I'll drop her name. Her name's Lillian Brown. She was directing it. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so we had fun, but before then, I was in town doing this weird one woman show at Milwaukee Rep, where I had to kind of like impersonate a bunch of divas from years past where <laughs> I had to do like a Judy Garland and Patsy Cline and Edith Piaf. That's kind of your ball game though, right? A little bit? Uh, I like, I it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. I feel like I've always been pretty good at um, not necessarily mimicking, yeah, but figuring out the essence of what a certain performer is giving that the audience hangs on to. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure those things out, whether it's a, it's a weird, you know, vocal affectation or if it's just the way that they stand and the way that affects their delivery, like, if you can get those few things sometimes, you can really pull one over on audiences. Sure. Um, so that was really fun to work on. It was weird in the way that it was a show that was written by an Australian woman for another Australian a cabaret artist that does do impersonations. Mm-hmm. So it was written about, like, Billie Holiday is one of the ladies, too, but uh, everybody else in the story is very specifically white. And, right. Uh, I am not. Right. Uh, for all of you out there in Radio Land. <laughs> there'll, and, be um, there'll be a picture. Be... <laughs> Go ahead. So it was weird to kind of get in the brains, because it's about these divas and then, like, it was called Songs for Nobodies, and so you'd tell these stories from kind of the 
view of these nobodies, just these ladies that met this famous lady mm-hmm. and how they touched them or whatever they're telling you stories. So there are all these ladies where it's like one of them's like a cub reporter of the New York Times in 1947. And she does that. She's on the fashion pages. And it's just like there's no woman that's ever looked like me that could have had that job in that time. Sure. Like yeah. for a myriad of reasons. And uh, so it was, I know, you know, I'm an actor, blah, blah, blah. But it's weird when you like you get this monologue of this lady and you're trying to find her truth and, and how it lives in the world and, and, and what it means to you. And it's just like this story was not conceived with the idea of it being for every woman. Mm. like none of these stories were (laughs) right the only reason and i don't want to say the only reason but it kind of feels like what you know like when i'm doing the show like i got hired because they needed somebody not white to do the billy holiday stuff and so you're kind of okay so because you can't have a white person singing strange fruit you're going to have a black person a, a large black person like making fat jokes and doing all these things that like black women did not get to do huh. in the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever time period we're talking about. So you felt like they were painted into a corner more than they made an active choice to cast a black woman? It felt like that a little bit to okay. me. Okay. And I can't speak for the casting team. Of course you and can. Stuff. Of course you can. And, uh, and, and I love Milwaukee Rep, and they're very great to me. Um, and they've given me chances to do stuff that a lot of places in Chicago haven't, actually. So sure. It's, so I don't want to say that, mm-hmm. but sometimes it feels like that. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, how did you – so you, you went out and you did that show for, you said, five months? I did that. That was like a two-month run. A two-month run. Yeah. And you just – so yeah. you, did you move up there or did you drive up every week or whatever? No, they put you up in a hotel there. Oh, okay. That's good luck. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm asking. No, it's funny. I, I was up there for five months doing stuff and there was all these people. It's like, I heard you like moved to Milwaukee. It's like, why would I ever move to Milwaukee? I'm from Wisconsin. Nobody moves back to, or like people do, but like not. No a, one not pregnant moves back. Right? <laughs> It's like, no, I didn't move to Milwaukee. Do you move everywhere that gives you a job? I know so. you don't. Yeah. Like in this in my field. I don't know why I was taking offense at that. I really Did like you, Milwaukee. I mean, it's not a bad town. I I've bashed Milwaukee a lot in this room. Um but you so you moved, you went back. Did you did you like doing the show though? Like it's, the actual I, work on the stage? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. There were some nights that stuff hit just in a way where it's like, Oh yeah. I nailed it that time. Um and then there are some nights where it's just like, no, I'm not landing this. Even if the audience is laughing where they're supposed to, I mm. feel like I didn't. So you felt like you weren't serving it. You, you yeah. yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's tough. So we're going to do it again. <laughs> are you remounting? <laughs> I, love, I love like you're talking all this trash and you're like, oh, looking back, I feel like it was a negative experience. When do we wasn't... remount next week? No, oh, it's about a year away, okay. but no, there's a um, Northlight Theater in Skokie. Oh, I know Northlight. Yeah, um, their artistic director came to see it show, see the show, and he loved it. And, Who's the AD there? VJ uh, Jones. Don't know that person. Um, and he was like, "We want to do it. You still want to do it?" And I did a lot of hemming and hawing, mm-hmm. and then I was eventually like, "Well, if I can get." I don't know. It's a job. Sure. And uh, maybe it'll get me some good reviews or, you know, press yeah. stuff a in a bigger city yeah. and, like, blah, blah, blah. So 
And one of my best friends is directing it this time. I like I love the director and music director we had the first time, but I, I think we're gonna have some different ideas coming in. So yeah, and well, you can't malign too much a job, right? No, of course I mean, not. In this world, of, no. In this can't. economy, I, I know. All right. No, I'm ex- I'm excited to do it and and see how it grows in me and and on the page and everything. So between doing a play and so you've played like a lot of the big, a lot of the big houses in in town, right? A few of them. Yeah. yeah. So between doing doing the plays and and uh, doing whatever between theater and like what you're doing with your band right now, because your band just to, for a little bit of context is like a full legit rock band at this point. Like you, <laughs> no, for real though, it's a it's a rock and roll band. It's a rock and roll sound. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a rock it and roll band. Is. Yeah. You're writing rock and roll songs. Yeah. Um, and you make uh, quite the rock star. The is there one that you prefer over the other? Like, if you had to go serving one person or serving one lane, what's that one lane? You know what I mean? Uh, the longer I've gone on trying to do both, I feel like if if money didn't matter and I could just have everything be the way I wanted it to be, I'd probably just play music. Sure. But uh, I I do love acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. Uh, I got to do a play for the first time. I've always done musicals, and or at least things where I'm the musical element in the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a Eugene O'Neill play last year, and that was my first time like being on stage for a paying audience where I don't sing anything. And mm. it, it was I I loved it, and I could have done it for a long time. What was the play? Uh, it was A Moon for the Misbegotten. I do not know that play. It's a long, hard one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At least that's what the review said, and like, <laughs> it was it, it a was long, rough. hard one. Yeah, like, a theater review. Yeah, it was it was like put your heart through the ringer every night, uh, kind of thing, and just tear yourself apart. Did you feel that way on stage? Yeah, yeah. But it was cool, and I'm not saying I don't feel that way, you know, in shows that are musicals sometimes too. But uh, there was a lot more freedom that I just never thought about never occurred to me with with the way everything goes in a musical it feels like every you know obviously things are timed out and uh moves are timed out and you have to time your emotions to those parameters Mm -hmm. as well whereas this i was just like oh gosh i can sit with this and feel it a different way and give it back to the other person a different way Mm -hmm. and every night and i really liked that that's what i've always liked most about acting is that it it is on, a, on the right at the right time, doing it the correct way, whatever that means, uh, when you're connected with that person across from you, just like there's there's so much that can happen in two lines mm-hmm. as the actor, like what regardless of what the audience is doing, like as an actor, that's the only thing that makes it fresh to me. Because I've talked about this a bunch uh, on air of I don't know because I get occasionally people will be like, do you want to do this play? And I'll go, does it pay? Of course it doesn't. They're like, yeah, well, it's, you know, if it paid, they would have get asked, told a real you that actor. when they yeah. asked. <laughs> right. Well, they also would have gotten a real actor. They wouldn't have asked me. Um, but <laughs> hey, you, you've done a few plays, right? Yes, I have. Um, but uh, yeah, they would have, if it was, if they had real money, they would have gone to real actors. Uh, anyway, occasionally they'll offer it and I'll just think about it and go like, I don't want to do, I can't do eight weeks of one show. Like I'll go insane doing one show. Do you feel that way ever? Some shows, I absolutely feel that way. Um, the show I was just talking about, like when we closed, I was like, oh, I could do six more months of this. And mm-hmm. I've never done a show that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, it, it it's show by show, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff, you just, it, 
you feel good doing it or you feel bad in a good way or like you love the people you're with so much where it's just like this is my job mm-hmm. hell yeah let's Sweet let's job. keep it coming and then sometimes like okay i'm ready to tuck this away and move on right now and, yeah uh, and you get to sometimes <laughs> so you got, cool. but i mean you got a lot of things in the hopper obviously like working on you know the remount at Northlight, and uh, you know other plays, and the, the band. Like you've got a lot going on. Do you feel? Do you feel like you're in control? Do you ever have trouble containing it all? Sometimes. Do you make boards and maps of like post it? This is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like I've got nine different things going on, and none of them pay. But if I do the right things, they'll all start making money. You know that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my calendar looks pretty dumb sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to switch gears kind of on a dime sometimes. But right now. In between, like, contract pro- projects and stuff, it's I'm kind of just, like, working at my office, and I go home, and I try to do some writing. I've still got stuff I'm supposed to write to put together this new album we're recording, and, like, I'm getting to listen to music that I don't have to learn right now, which mm. is such a luxury. Um, I'm loving that, and um, I don't know. Right now, I'm feeling okay. In a couple months, I know things are going to start getting crazy again. I've got another band. I'd sing with in this band called Four Lost Souls with John Langford. I was going to go there. All right. We're going to go there now. Okay. No, we're doing it. We're doing it. All right. We're doing it. And that can, that's a little wrench sometimes because he's a very popular performer that like, mm-hmm. will book us at festivals where you have to take a plane somewhere. Right, right, right. And it's like, will you it, explain? It's scheduled a year out in advance sure. and then I get a job that. Of course, conflicts with it. Of so course, I just well, that and out. A, booking a year out is that is is yeah. really hard. Um, there's that magic time of like you need to book this far in advance to make sure that we lock it in. But like it's if it's too far, then you have no idea what's yeah, going to like I, who knows? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. So will you explain to people what uh, what John Langford's all about? Uh, I don't know if anyone can. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he's a, he's a person of note, and I feel like you are better to explain it than I. Sure, sure, sure. I I feel like I say his name to a lot of people, and they're like, "Oh, okay," you know. And I'm like, "Well, he's like, uh, he's like this older, like a uh, Welsh punk rocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a billion projects, and I'm in the latest one." <laughs> this is usually what I say. Um, but no, he's he's been in Chicago a long time. He's the main force behind the Waco brothers mm-hmm. and uh, another band called Skull Orchard that play all over here and one of the founding members of the Mekons, which yep. is his big British group that was popular or um, still is popular or, or not very popular, not, not popular and enough. they're proud of it. Right. Like in the eighties and nineties, they just finished a tour. Oh so, really? Yeah. I've been catching up with all their exploits. It's funny to be like, friends and kind of confidants with so many like 60 year old British people (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed that I wish I wish (laughs) we were live streaming this just to get your face as you said that like you just looked off in the distance 60 year old British people like your eyes had gone you're like I remember the war (laughs) (laughs) it was interesting so play with John Langford like how did that how did that gig come about Oh uh, my! Because you played a bunch of really cool stuff around the world already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's so popular places. I and I love it. And I, I it's great because I'll go see him play solo places, and uh, he still kind of inspires me. He still brings it. I'm just like I'm not sick of watching you or hearing you. And That's like, dope. yeah, yeah, it is. Um, what was your question? My question was how how did that how did, <laughs> how that did group I mean? come about? <laughs> 
Because oh. I remember going to the machete one day and just sitting in the back like I do and, you know, sipping a cocktail and was looking at the stage and was like, oh, I know, I know two, do I know three of those people? Like how, <laughs> who are, when, did, when did this band form and how did right. I know about this? It did yeah. kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, my good friend Tawny knew some. Uh, Who's rad. Yeah. She's in LA now, but she used to be a Chicago girl. And she did a play with some company that I don't even know if they still exists, uh, that John Langford, it was based on John Langford songs. Hmm. Uh, she, uh, I feel like it was called Gold Brick. It was back in, I want to say, oh, oh, 08 or 09 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, So she met him through that, and she and I were singing in a band together at the time and had done some shows together, and she introduced me to Langford. And so I sang with him on random stuff sometimes or I'd like do backups for the Wacos or Skull Orchard or whatever. And that was very cool. And eventually he had an offer to record down at Muscle Shoals like years later um, with Norbert Putnam, who was like one of the old like what is the like, you know, Swamper kind of mm-hmm. like that crew. Um, he used to play bass with Elvis and a whole lot of other people, and he was a producer. Anyway, Langford meets him, and Norbert's like, come down and record with me. And Langford kind of forgets about it. He meets a million people, and that guy's yeah. not really serious. And then this guy, like a year later, is like, no, I really do want you no, to come seriously. down. And so I think Langford started writing some stuff with us in mind, Tawny and myself, but he also had other you know, things just about the South that he wanted to talk about. And I think... He was looking for a project to do with us proper, but I, I think this was also just like, okay, going to the South, doing something that has a little bit more American roots and stuff, because he's not American, and which gives just like the greatest, most exquisite viewpoint to a lot of stuff that goes on here. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm going down to Muscle Shoals. I should bring some black women with me. But like... <laughs> That's that's not quite what it was like, but um. but it's not a bad idea, right? Right, 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 right. right. So if you don't know about Muscle Shoals, sorry, I'm going to interject. Uh, Muscle Shoals is like this legendary, wonderful, just so many great records came out of that studio, uh, and the band, the house band, um, were just were amazing, and they played with everybody that you've ever loved. Uh, but a lot of Black American roots music from like you know the '60s soul stuff. They were like the stacks, but further south, basically. Yeah. Um, with a great, great, great band. So that's where we are. Go ahead. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. So we went and did that, and uh, it was good. I, I um, invited along John Samansky, who plays guitar in my band mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a million other bands. Um, and he and Langford hit it off right away. And he's, you know, just a virtuosic guitar player and, and all other instruments. So he was instrumental, pardon the pun. Oh God! Woo! Um, Integral. Some, yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Just pick one. In arranging these songs, sure. For voices other than Langford's, right. um, which was a big thing for me and and Tawny as well, just to figure out like the music is kind of alt country, you know, harder folk kind of stuff. But Langford's got his awesome voice. But he's not like much of a harmony singer. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm giving you this melody line. I'm telling this story, and sure. it's and it, you can't take your ears away. Like I love his voice, but it was trying to figure out how do we make this not a Langford record with Tawny and Bethany singing on it, but how do we make it a Tawny Bethany Langford record? 
And so there was a lot of arranging and, and just shifting things around and figuring out what vocal is strong enough with what voice and 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 what lines should come from which voice. Sure. And It's a lot to navigate. It was. Um, but Tawny and I have been singing together for a long time, and we can make our voices indistinguishable, honestly, at this point. Like, we're kind of... Yeah, you gotta... We can jump around wherever, we can cradle mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. from the bottom or, you know, mm-hmm. like hold it up from the top. And I, I, I love singing with her for that reason. Um, so it was a very cool challenge. And um, yeah, I, I think it came out pretty cool. We had to kind of, it was a rush job kind of in Muscle yeah. Shoals. But the whole concept for the thing, it just, it worked, I think. I don't know. Sure. No, I think so. I think so. But I mean, it's, it's such a, it had to be such a great experience being able to, go from like zero to I'm doing these festivals in the UK and like that's got to be wild right? yeah 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 it was very wild I know like their first big thing after the album came out was playing at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in San Francisco and we we're on the stage like the acts that are like on either side of us were Randy Newman and Big Frida <laughs> <laughs> we doing <laughs> by the end of the day we're like singing backups on surrender with cheap's trick like that's wild i know <laughs> that song is my jam though I, I, whose isn't it like who doesn't love surrender i know but i'm just like how am i hanging out with these people like uh, it was it was nuts since then since then we've like we've opened for robert plant like wow what it's it's cool. It's very cool. Just a whole lot of things that I never thought would actually be something I saw with my own eyes in real time uh, have unfolded. Do you get hung <laughs> up on that kind of stuff? I am so easily starstruck. Mm. I can't handle it. I am not. I, I want to be that person that you bring. Tawny knows lots of famous people sure, now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, maybe she'll bring me to a party in L.A. or something. Oh, but then I know I would person. be such an idiot. Right? Like I, I'm, I'm not cool with people that I think are very cool. <laughs> well, I Which is probably why I'm so comfortable with you. Really? <laughs> That's nice. You said. I was, I, for real though, I feel. All right. Side note: I feel so awkward when I'm around you. I always feel like I'm saying the wrong thing when I'm with you. I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you straight up. I'm just like, I really like Bethany, and I'm so it's cool when we hang out. But I always feel like I'm saying the wrong thing at all times, and I don't know what that is. I don't. I, I don't think it's true. I'm just no. telling you. I, I know. I know intellectually, factually, it is not true. But I feel like I'm, I'm a dork. I don't know. <laughs> You're the one here with a radio show, yeah, man. Know, right? Well, you know, it's it is such a thriving medium. Radio. Um. <laughs> if I wasn't here, I'd be in an office selling somebody from the suburbs cats tickets. That's what I would be oh, doing, is that what you're doing if I wasn't talking with you well, that's right funny. now. Yeah, I mean it's pretty. It's it's okay. Um, but it's <laughs> I understand like the dorky. I want. I have famous friends too. Like I have friends who know legit legit famous people, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, I was hanging out with insert legit famous person." Yeah. And I was like, "You should." I want to. I think like everybody, especially if you're from the Midwest, like you want to be around. We all kind of got some star f in us, right? You want to be around famous people because famous people is like the guy who plays third base for the Brewers. You know, like that's uh, yeah, right. That's a big thing to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, my dad. It's so true. <laughs> I met this guy. He's a relief pitcher. Oh, you don't know him? Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's the big deal. Um, yeah. So we get hung up on this sort of thing, but then like you meet famous people and you realize like oh. 
they're just another person I don't want to talk to at a party. Yeah. It's the same thing. And it, so I work in this very big concert venue I never mention on air. Uh, but because of that, I'm and being in management there, like I, I meet in, in close proximity to people who are very, very famous mm-hmm. on a fairly regular basis. And after and at first it was really cool. And then after a while, you're just like, this is just my job and I don't care anymore. Sure. Um, but I still, if like somebody wants to talk to me, I'm like, yeah, can't you want to be my friend? I, I do stuff on stage sometimes. People think I'm cool. Yeah, you can't win. I don't know. It's that whole, it's a weird balance of trying to impress them, but also not trying to seem too impressed by them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but also just to be cool. You want to be, st- I yeah. don't know. <laughs> You want people so that you admire to think that you're cool. Yeah. That's, that never goes away. Yeah. That never stops. We are f- perpetually 12 years old. It never stops. I wish someone had told that to me. <laughs> I wish someone had told me. Like, you will always feel awkward as hell. We are still, it is still high school until you die. Unless you're able to, like, completely remove yourself from society and live in your own tribe. Yeah. Like, it's, you're, it's high school until you die. It's just how it is. Oh, there's so many things like that that just stay forever i do a lot of uh workshops or master class things with high school groups sometimes um i work at broadway in chicago and they do little programs like that so that's where i've been lately but there's always some kid where it's just like how do you get over stage fright Mm -hmm. and it's like well you You don't don't. (laughs) ever Mm -hmm. ever you use it Mm -hmm. in different ways you try to make it serve you yeah and it's not and don't look at it as a bad thing it means you care it means you're in this, you know, yeah. but uh, it doesn't go away. Do you feel like you have stage fright? Oh, all the time for stuff. It depends on what it is. Um, I have a thing that I like to say to people. I, I always like singing my friends' shows and stuff like that, and they'll be like, ooh, 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 so nervous. And I'm just like, this is low stakes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Low stakes. That's what you said. I think you said that to me backstage once. You're like, I did. It's low stakes. Like, <laughs> stop. Because I'm anxious. Like, I want to go. I run really hot. So I want to go on stage and just, like, be up. It's not, I'm not afraid to be on the stage. I just, like, I, I just, I just want to. Can we just do it? Like, that's how I feel sure. about it. So, yeah. And, again, low stakes doesn't change anything. I'm like, I could be performing at a bar mitzvah right now. And I'd be like, all right. We got to make sure we hit this out the gate. Like, we really got to connect with that audience. Anyway. Um, so stage fright. You... Did you ever, like, do you feel like you had that as a kid? Because to me, I was always wanting to be on stage. I wanted to be on stage, too. I think there, I knew, I'm trying to think of, like, I'm doing, like, a community theater play, and, like, somebody was sick one day, and I jumped right in. I was like, I know all their words, Mm. and I went and did it, you know? Like, I, if it's something that I feel like I've got this, then I'm usually not afraid to, I'm not... Yeah. There, there are things that I know that I've got, and then sure. there are some things where it's like, this hasn't quite worked out the way I wanted it to yet. We'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. And sometimes that's okay to feel, and sometimes I, I feel like that's unacceptable, and I should have worked harder. And if this doesn't go well, I have no one to blame but myself. I didn't prepare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hate that feeling, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I still I still do that. Um, I think Mark Maron's got a bit, had, a, had a bit about it. Um, where he's like, well, you know, I don't prepare. So if I go on stage and it goes well, then, you know, that's all me. I'm, I'm a talent. And if it doesn't go well, <laughs> well, I didn't prepare. What did I expect? Yeah. So he's like, it just, it's a way of protecting yourself. Yeah. It's like not caring about going on a date and just being like, I don't care if it, whatever. It's like, yeah, if it doesn't work, then whatever. I didn't care. But if it does work, like, man, what a great surprise. Yeah. And that's a or, ter- I knew it. Yeah. I knew this was going to be the one. <laughs> <laughs> I will this. It's because I'm awesome. <laughs> That's a good way of putting 
It's so easy, to, but like it's like that aloofness. That aloof is that alo- is aloofness a word? That's yeah, and I feel like that's the most casual way mm-hmm. of putting it. It's just such an easy way to protect yourself. From yeah, something. yeah. Like I don't care about anything. Oh, I absolutely no, 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 no. do that in everything. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes that's what works out. I don't know. Do you ever have the dream where you are supposed to go on stage and you don't know? Like you don't know the tunes you all the no, time. Yeah, it's usually that, I have that all the time. Lines or it's, uh, yeah, all the we're time. About to, you're about to step on from the curtain and then you go, I don't know what play we're doing. What play are we doing? Yeah, like you have no clue. Or it's or it's like a, I'm the understudy and like I just uh-huh. uh, I thought I had this and uh, I don't don't I sure don't don't yeah. Uh, when's that part that I know? Though that's not even in this. Okay, yeah, I have <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's not a weird dream. Everybody has that dream, but. No, yeah, but, I do a lot. <laughs> but I feel like if you're if you're a stage performer, you have a very specific. Like everyone has the I'm late for a test. I got to school and I'm in my underwear, whatever it is. But I feel like if you're a stage performer, everyone has that very specific. I'm about to walk on stage and don't know what I'm supposed to do when I get up there, and I don't know the lines or I don't know whatever. Like it's a, a specific thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you this question because I always usually start with this, but I didn't. Uh, what was the first album you ever bought with your own money? I feel like. I want to say "Off the Wall" by Michael Jackson. I remember going to the store. Oh, and like how cool! You getting are. the tape, like, and it had the plastic tape mm-hmm. it had holder. The, it was thing, that, the it was that bracket, thing. and you had to like yeah. swing. You could hold like six of them and swing them around. Right. right. Yeah. But like, I feel like I got that when I was very, very young, so it wouldn't have been mm. my money. Right, right. You know, I know that when I got a CD player for the first time when I was like mm-hmm. thirteen, I did spend all my birthday money on CDs. That that's day. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And that would have been uh, crazy, sexy, cool by TLC. You're not the first person to answer that. You're not the first person. To <laughs> Is answer that right? That. That's true. That means we're exactly the same age. Yep. <laughs> Me and that person probably. Uh, well, there was that. There was there's four. I got four, and I'm trying to. remember. Oh, it was like Brandy and Boys to Men two. Mm-hmm. And then MTV Party to Go Volume six. Wow. Which is full of bangers. Yo. I should go find it. Yo. Yeah. That was that was tremendously specific and excellent. That was exactly what I wanted. Party to go <laughs> okay. like the the thing is party to go six as opposed to party to go one. Not that I know the difference, but like there is there is cultural significance to the space in between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So I was watching um uh the Netflix with uh the partner the other day and uh she says she's like uh, do, why? And I think the song was uh Brick. The Ben, ben Folds, Folds. Right, right, right. Oh my god. So and I go, that's such a weird ass song to play at this moment. Like what a weird ass why would she? And she looks at me like stops like this long. Do you think? Are we at the age where we're they're playing? Are they playing the songs that we listen to? Is are we the are we the old people now? I'm like yeah yeah we're the old people. Well, we're the people making stuff now. Right. You know. So you play the songs that like the stuff that was cool when you were in high school yeah. and college is the yeah. stuff you play for nostalgic value. It's like when we were when you were when we were in high school or teenagers or whatever and you watch like a Scorsese movie or whatever and it's like all the stones and you're like yeah I'm playing all these stone songs it's like well that's what was cool when he was that age now we're that age yeah. and we're the you're right we're the ones making things so when you hear Brick and you go that song came out 20 years ago <laughs> that's insane that's insane oh man I loved Ben Fold so much uh, what did you <laughs> what, what was the what was the appeal because I know a, there were very specific kids at my high school that were Ben Fold fans I think it was just like see mom like he's playing like jazz but it still rocks right yeah 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 <laughs> 
it's piano based. It's not threatening. Exactly. <laughs> they were all band kids. Like kids, yeah. that, kids that could sight read were the kids that were into Ben Folds. Um, I, uh, do you know, he? I think he did a tour with Tori Amos. Oh, sure. That makes sense. And it was like in the t-shirt just said, uh, when pianos become guitars. <laughs> I remember my friend Charlie came into high school wearing that t-shirt. No. And I was like, what's happening? And he's like, Ben Folds is cool, dude. You're an idiot. That sounds so dorky. And of course he was right. You know, like he was always the guy who's like, let me just explain it to you. He was the kid, like Charlie was the kid. Listen to this. But he was the one who goes, you're going to like Radiohead. And I'm like, I will never like Radiohead. He's like, you're going to like Radiohead. And then you get to that point where you're like, you're right. I like Radiohead. Sure, sure. You know? He was the first one to ever play that Moby album that everyone had. Play? Yeah. He had it first. I, like, he was just always a little ahead of the curve. You know where that album still uh, gets played all the time? Where is that? Your dance warm-ups. Really? All across the nation. Dance? Why dance warm-ups? Just, it's chill. It's everybody mm. breathe. Or, like, workout warm-ups. Yeah. That's the only place I hear anything from Play played anymore. But I that album changed everybody it was like it was the first album that everybody had that you could play start to finish yeah there wasn't there was, it was also a, like i wasn't into a whole lot of music without lyrics then either nor was i it was, yeah. it was everybody's it was like, like i'm growing mm-hmm. it was like training wheels <laughs> I like this training wheels for electronica like yeah. oh look i'm deep yeah 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 shut up yeah i know it was good i love yeah. that album <laughs> i i don't know i i want to i think i might have re-listened to it recently i don't know i it probably just a lot. is the same. It, like, but is it? I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I don't know. I just re-listened to uh, "Jagged Little Pill" the other day. That's just all the way through. That came up last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Diana Lawrence's first album she bought. I'm still way into it. Really? I was walking down State Street. I'm walking from my office because in our somebody was playing it in her office, and like it was the end of the day, and everybody their phones had stopped ringing, and everybody just started singing along, and it was like one of those magical. And I was like, oh, you like this one too? Yeah. And uh, so then I just listened to it all the way on my way home, and I was singing <laughs> so loud out on the street. <laughs> so, so why did you, why did Alanis Morissette? Why am I leaning back? Why did Alanis Morissette? How did that how did that work? Like, what was it? Because it worked, but she's not a great singer. She actually kind of is. I disagree. I really think her. I I don't know, especially the fact like how old was she when she made that? Like twenty one or something? Twenty two, something like that. Yeah. I think she's got some really exciting, impressive control over her instrument for somebody that age. That's fair. And this is how you know we're dorks about this is when we get into the, the instrumentation of the voice as opposed to like who's a good singer. Like sure. we could argue about Tom York, for example, like, since Radiohead comes yeah. up. Like his voice is an, ex- is an instrument. He's not a singer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Anyway, dork stuff. But uh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Please go. No, I was I was just going to say like her those songs are so emotional mm-hmm. and so – angsty and stuff and it would be really easy to just cast the actual technique aside i think and you wouldn't know the difference with a lot of the just the the material but she's really controlled and she like only lets it go when she really wants to i feel mm-hmm. like I, I that was something i was noticing on my re-listen i guess yeah where i didn't have to think about the angsty stuff anymore i was like are these songs any good? Like, was this yeah. any good? Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I came out and I was like, I still like it. Well, and it was strangely revolutionary in that it was like, uh, women are allowed to get mad about stuff too. Yeah. Which wasn't yeah. something that really was happening in pop rock radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but that led to 
Yeah, I think that led to a lot of open doors. I hate to... Wow, I just discovered this. That opened a lot of doors, I think, for a lot of female songwriters. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I hate. Well, that's what good I mean that is, you're I, I hate to sound like a, yeah. like the absolute dunce. That's like, but I didn't even think about it. To, but I didn't. I didn't even think of it that way. That that was the first time I remember seeing an angry woman singing about real. I'm angry about stuff, and it was lauded instead of like an outlier. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that album opened the door for a lot of a lot of a lot of artists. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I feel I had something else to say. No, I forget. I don't know. We can talk all day about. <laughs> don't get me going on Alanis don't Morissette. Me, oh, don't get me started on Canadian pop starlets. <laughs> I <laughs> do you still giggle when you're just like you ought to know, man. Yeah, jam. Man, that was about Dave Coulier. I was gonna. I was going to make a lame Dave, Dave Coulier you can't not, reference, but you I can't didn't. not think about it. Yeah, Uncle Joe. Just the idea. Can I? Can she go down? On, will she go down on you in a theater? <laughs> Like you, I know. I think of Dave Coulier's Schmeckle. I can't not. It's weird for me now. Yeah, no. It's those aren't connections that we were meant to have to make. Also, what was he doing with this like twenty-year-old pop singer girlfriend? Right. Yeah, she would have had to been very young. Mm-hmm. She was on that other that you, you can't, can't do, do that, that on television, television, which was the one show we weren't allowed to watch in my house oh. as a kid. I was like why. that Barf Burger dude yeah, putting like boogers on all the my, food. My parents were like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. You can watch all the shows where people kill each other, but this is terrible. Oh, I know. No boogers, no booger references, but we can all, you can you absolutely watch the Stallone movie like where yeah, 300 people die. Um, yeah, okay. But Dave Coulier had to, yeah, he had to be kind of kind of crave. I gotta say, I don't even want to think about it. But you brought it up, and here it is. I think he must have been hot, but he must have been hot in the streets in Canada to be picking up. Because Alanis Morissette, no, for real, because <laughs> Alanis Morissette, she like she won a Juno Award, I think, in her teens. She right. was a pop singer, a pop star, yeah. right? And um, she was like, she was on Star Search, like she was, she was kind of a commodity in, in Canada. And I get that it's its own thing, but she was like kind yeah. of a commodity in Canada. So it might have been. So how like. How how hot in the streets was Uncle Joey to be like, eh? I'm just, just slaying him. Like, hot I don't hot know. enough, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I, I don't know. No, I just saw I you. Know. I saw your face real. I saw you about to yes and that and then just go, shut up. Don't, let's push this. Let's not. <laughs> let's not start this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what was your favorite song on that album? Uh, re-listening to it, the one that had me going real hard was Forgiven. I feel like it's maybe yeah. track six. How's that one go? It's like, we all had reasons to be there. It's like very Catholic. You know how us Catholic girls can Ooh, be. I don't know like, that song. Yeah, it's in the middle of the album. Yeah. And it's got a slow start and then it gets huge. It's jam. That's cool. Yeah. You just lit all the way up. That's fun. I'm thinking. I like. I there's there are vocals I get excited about. That girl just sang really high up, and it didn't sound dangerous or like she was hurting herself, and that's that's cool. Yeah, that's a thing. I get, I'm gonna have to re-listen to this album because I I only think of it as the song the stuff that was popular when I was in the seventh, eighth, ninth grade ish, right when that was a big deal. And I remember not liking it because it was not cool for me to like it personally. That's too bad. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it is. I, well, I don't know if it's entirely. Whatever. 
Jag Little Pill, the thing. The it song. had swear words in it, it so did. it was definitely cool. <laughs> it did. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think I listened to, at that point, I listened, I was just listening to Not That. What? Shut up. Um, I had that CD when I was younger, and my dad uh, took it because he listened yeah. to, like, I guess he probably heard You Ought to, you know, ought to know and stuff. Uh, he took it away from me because he was not into swearing or adult things mm. these are still things that he i can't talk about <laughs> really because he seems so cool when he when i should like he came up to me to introduce himself it's uh no that's good and he seemed like it was just like hey man i'm on the level like i'm cool like that no i feel like he is with people but we're not with his kids that's fair in that way which yeah you gotta get that but he took the cd and then he took like the insert out took all of the lyrics out and then gave me the cd back <laughs> So I don't want you to read these, but you can you, hear them. Yes. <laughs> it's weird what, like, how we protect kids. Oh, my goodness. Wait. It's so, yeah, that's really strange. Was, um, are you, are your family, are your parents musical people? Uh, my dad plays guitar. Okay. Uh, and he played in bands, like cover bands and stuff while I was growing up. I, like, definitely have a lot of memories of going to his band practices when I was very, very young. That's Just, rad. like, hearing the loudest ACDC with, you know, oh, earplugs on my cool. head in the corner. Uh, yeah, it was cool. And the, it's definitely something that has shaped me, you know. Um, but he doesn't play a ton anymore, and my mom's not really musical. She can carry a tune, and she loves music. But sure. She's but she not wasn't a musician. Or anything. Oh, okay. No. That's weird. I mean, it's great. I, 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 for me, it was I just a whatever. Um... Yeah, I was the only one who did that in my family. Like my little, like my older sister sang in chorus when she was in like the sixth grade or whatever it is. But like it was, my mom played uh, guitar masses, uh, Catholics. You know, played. She, my mom played a, a nylon string in a guitar mass. Uh, she played, you know, folk songs in uh, the late or the early seventies. You know, the long straight hair, the folk singers, that sort of thing. Like she was, but more a hobbyist than anything. Sure. But it would, would, there wasn't, you know, whatever. Um, what am I getting? I'm mumbling to you know what it is. So you see this giant cup of cold brew that I've downed since I yeah, sat man. down. I am my brain is going 300 miles an hour. Okay, so. I had two cups of coffee today, and then on my way here, it's like, well, maybe I'll stop by Starbucks for something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you did the thing. You got the deal. You're putting out. What's the plan for the record? Um, we're about halfway done recording stuff. We've we've recorded the songs that we've already been playing for a couple of years, like the stuff that I had already had written mm-hmm. and uh, workshop. And and I know how it sounds, and then there is another half of the stuff that is uh, not quite finished yet that I uh, need to get done by the first week of June because that's when we're recording it. Where are you recording? We're recording at Sound Vault Studios, which is uh, a small little place, but I'm really digging the sound. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a complex called Fort Knox up in Portage Park. Familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Pecky Lundholm, who has played. <laughs> what a name. He's what a man. What a name and what a man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've been playing in various projects together for, I don't know, I got over 10 years. I forget what year it is when I'm thinking mm-hmm. in like decades now. And uh, he's played bass with me and or guitar or whatever uh, on a lot of my iterations of this project. And he's engineering and also playing stuff. And he's got such a good ear. I like everybody involved with it. They all kind of know my influences, and and a lot of them have like played with me in shows where I'm like dancing in my underwear and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even that is something like that kind of familiarity helps. I can imagine I think when you're trying to make 
make something. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a good process so far. We'll see how I am with like this these new songs. I'm just I have this nightmare of like coming in with my guitar and being like, okay, so it goes like this, but I can't actually play it in front of people. <laughs> Yo, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you don't have to be a guitar player necessarily. No, 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 no. I, and that's. I guess I'm aspiring now to be good enough to be able to pick one up and not feel like a jerk, you know? I still feel that way. Really? I've been playing for 24 years. Yeah, I still feel that way. Well, it doesn't seem like that. Well, that's nice of you to say. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, it's just whatever. Um, it's it's okay. Do you, are you a, do you like being in the studio? Yeah. Do you like working on the record and being there and that whole experience? Yeah, I do. It's a different... It's just such a different thing than getting something together for live performance everything about the way things are supposed to sound or not supposed to sound but the the way things the way you make things sound Mm -hmm. it's different than what i do for something that's just going to be on a stage sure like the song is written differently because i know it's going to be coming straight into somebody's ears through a machine and not on a stage right there's something about that there's something about like people some people really love the <clears throat> let's build it let's find the prop let's let's really make this vocal the best it could be let's really focus on make adding like going through multiple different options of effects on this one particular track and let's backtrack and create a bigger wall of sound and like like some people are really into that mm-hmm. and I'm really into that in theory but I hate the studio so much like I hate recording so much and I get that I'm in a studio right now, but the, is it because it's so different? And you're just like, is that how I sound? That's not what like. I I don't like having to nail it. I guess there's something about like the monotony of I have to play this whole guitar part and not the way that I like to play it, but in the way that it sounds better on record. And then if to I a man- click track, to a like- click track, <laughs> and then if it sucks, I got to go back and redo it, and then do a punch in, and then I have to and if I, we have to make this adjustment. It's just like, uh, it's but no, at the it's same no time, fun. you get all those chances to do it. Where if it's just like, well, I'm gonna go play this show, and if you mess it up, then it's messed up. And of course, there's somebody that was videoing it, and that's what they're gonna post on the mm-hmm. thing. And yeah, it's, you know, yeah. There's something about that though. I like I like the ele- the electricity of it. The fact that it all could go wrong. Like on Saturday, I, I do it, too. You know, I do too. Wrong. I absolutely do, and I feel like I do like that even better. But I'm learning to embrace the other side of it because it's you have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to if you actually want anybody to hear you. That's not <laughs> within your little circle. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you do. It's just whether or not you like... Some people really love the studio, and some people are very good at it, and are very like, I'm calm, I'm here to do it. And I get more and more anxious every 10 minutes, I think, that I'm in the studio. Especially since like you're, you're playing against the clock. You're like, we have to be out at a certain time, because if we don't, then the record doesn't get finished. Yeah. Because we don't have any money, you know, et cetera. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about that. All right, so, because uh, we're about there, what is the... Uh, two questions. First one. Um, five years from now, where would you like to be? Plausibly, right? Of course, I would like to be the king of Spain, uh, you know, is a great answer. But, like, plausibly, where would you like to be? I think I want to be in not Chicago, actually. Okay. And I don't know if I've ever said that quite out loud, so... Yeah, it's scary, right? So, uh, like, I know that. (laughs) I think New York sometimes. um, uh, But that's kind of if the theater stuff serves me more Mm. in the next few years i guess um 
if it doesn't, then I, L.A. seems awesome, too. I don't want to go somewhere smaller. Sure. I don't necessarily but, uh, mean, like, like location-wise. No, but I know what a, you mean. You know? But, like, the like that location change would mm. mean a lot of other changes and a lot of other things of course. that I I feel like I need to make. Of course. So I, I felt like the easiest way to say it would be, like, not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. There is a ceiling. There really is. There is. And it's a, it's it's such a, much a good place to work on your stuff. Such a great place, but to you work. can't get famous here. <laughs> not really, not really. It's so, and, and that word is well, fame means a lot. Of, yeah, it's of course it's nebulous, but fame yeah. also means like you know people enjoying your stuff and being fa- like getting people out to a show that you don't know to pay money to yeah. things so that you can eat and do the thing you care about. And you'd think in like yeah. the third largest city in the country yeah. that it would just be. Well, yeah. yeah. Of course, there's people like seeing shows. I'm going to have a show. Of course. Uh, But but there's so much shows and there's so much talent. There's so much everything. It's just, it's different. You know, the, where the, where the money goes and where people are, uh, is going to be in different cities. And I mean, you can, you can make it anywhere, of course, but if you want active work, it's just, that pays. There's a lot of active work in Chicago. If you want active work that actually is bankrolled, you've got to go elsewhere. It's just how it is. All right, so second set, second question. Worst show you ever did? Oh. I love asking this question. It could be a single show, it could be a run of a show, it could be a certain one play you did one day when you fell off the stage, whatever it is. Uh, there's so many things <laughs> Just pick like one. that. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm so bad at like superlatives. Uh, so, what was just uh, one bad show that is laughably terrible? Like, if do you ever do you have a story that you tell at parties? Uh, no, not not really. Uh, I was thinking about this bad show the other day, though. So, yes. I, that's Give the first thing that came in my brain. Um, so, my first band, Revelator, which was the one I was talking about when I said I was in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, we did kind of blues covers, but it was uh, we did only like pre-war blues stuff and you know did it a lot louder and faster and whatnot so kind of punk blues kind of thing anyway we played at um buddy guys one time and uh we were just terrible and the audience hated us and buddy guy was there (laughs) 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 like we (laughs) they were not into it at all it was like were you just off that night it was it was that it was like we were off we also had had too much to drink I remember mm. the drummer fell off his stool just like at the, back <laughs> of the platform. I've seen that during a song. I've seen that. <laughs> just bad, just bad. And then, like, I feel like though, even if we had done a good performance, the audience was just like, "This is loud and fast, and that's not what I came here for." We are from Kenosha. It's or not whatever. even that. It's it's like blues. I, th- I felt like the blues that everybody else was playing that night was not the blues not that the we were playing, were you right, know, which right. is kind of the metaphor for my entire being. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I think you're rad, and uh, I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk, uh, especially since we are, we're like I was talking about, we're, we're, we're forever connected. There's nothing we can do. There have been too many coincidences yeah. in which we've run across each other in a very short period of time. Um, are you familiar with, do you ever read Kurt Vonnegut? A little bit, yeah. You ever read Cat's Cradle? Yes. Talks about the Karas, right? Wait, have I read that one? I don't know if you have or haven't. No, I haven't. So it talks about the Karas, right? K-A-R-A-S-S. Don't at me if that's wrong. Um, the Karas is basically like, it, it's not about your family. It's not about your friends. It's not about your favorite people or whatever it is. There are certain people that like just, they exist in 
you orbit each other in mm-hmm. a weird sort of way. And it's a it's interesting when that sort of thing pops up. And I hate to get too heavy on you, but just to be like, well, it's not heavy. I think, I think, I think that's that comforting. We, you and I are probably in some level on some on some way weird planet. Like we're orbiting each other in a weird sort of way, and it's cool. Yeah, I dig that, and it's nice to find people. That uh, it's nice to actually get a chance to sit down and connect with somebody like that. And we, I'm glad that we've we've never spoken this long before. No, it's cool. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, tell everybody where you can where you're going to be, uh, where they can find you, et cetera, et cetera. Social media, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I have an Instagram where I post most of the stuff. That's uh, Bethany T eight zero, and um, I'm also on Facebook where I post some of the stuff <laughs> if I have to be on there. And uh, uh, that's under mine. You have a website? <laughs> yeah, uh, bethanythomasmusic.com. Bethanythomasmusic.com. I should probably clean that website up sometime <laughs> soon. I've got that on my to-do list, too. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, your website's a mess. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Uh, no, but mine's No, like, I was like, oh, you've been there. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I know. <laughs> I've been meaning to clean up your website, but I have a million things. I've got all my to-do lists, like remove things from Spotify, because there's stuff like 12 years old that ended up on the Spotify through my distributor, right, that just has been like in there. It just was like, hey, your stuff's on Spotify. And you're like, I don't want this on this Spotify. This is not what it should be representing me. <laughs> 2000, 2006 was not, the, was not my peak artistic year. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bethany, thank you so much for being here. I think you're super rad, and I'm glad that you uh, got to sit down with me today. Well, thanks, JJ. Uh, you had a great time. Bless your heart. So uh, you've been listening to Busted Mouth and Q4 Radio, QUE4.org. Shots. Uh, coming at you, of course, all kinds of good stuff all the time. Check out Q4 uh, for you know all the cool things that we're doing in Chicago, uh, trying to be a leader in nonprofit radio here in the city and beyond. Uh, let's go out with this song only because it's been in my head all morning, and I don't know why. This is Sucker's Prayer. The Decemberists, uh, hope you all are feeling well. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.